Hi everyone, welcome back to Logical Bible Study. Our approach in this podcast is to go through the Gospel reading from today's Mass in a verse-by-verse way. So we're doing an exegesis of the text to try and get at the literal sense of the text. The Catholic Church says that if we want to understand the Bible, we have to start with the literal sense. What did it mean in its original context? What did the what was the original author trying to say? Who was the audience? Why did they choose certain words? What was Jesus trying to teach his disciples? If we can start by doing a proper study of the original uh, original context, which is called doing a study of the literal sense of the text, that will help us understand what God meant when he inspired the Bible in certain passages. So we should start here. This podcast is all about helping you Start it at the literal sense, helping you understand what that literal sense might be, so that when you go to Mass today and you hear this Gospel reading, you have a firm foundation in what the Gospel reading is all about. Today we're looking at Luke chapter 17, verses 7 to 10. Jesus said to his disciples, Which of you, with the servant ploughing or minding sheep, would say to him when he returned from the fields, Come and have your meal immediately? Would he not be more likely to say, Get my supper laid, make yourself tidy, and wait on me while I eat and drink? You can eat and drink yourself afterwards. Must he be grateful to the servant for doing what he was told? So with you, when you have done all you have been told to do, say, We are merely servants. We have done no more than our duty. It's an interesting teaching here, and you may not have heard this one before because it only appears in the Gospel of Luke. Let's start by thinking about the context. So at this stage, in the middle of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is moving from Galilee to Judea for the final phase of his ministry. So he's getting ready to go to Jerusalem. But along the way, he's speaking to the crowds in Judea and the other regions. He's doing ministry. In this section of Luke 17, he's got a few short teachings for his disciples. They might have been said on different occasions chronologically. Maybe Luke has arranged them uh, to make it seem as though they were said on the same occasion, but they may not have been necessarily. But we're not entirely sure. Maybe they were said on the same occasion. Now, just before this, just before verse 7, the apostles in particular have asked Jesus to increase their faith. So let's keep that context in mind. Jesus now says, apparently to the apostles, Which of you, with a servant ploughing or minding sheep? So let's stop there and think about what Jesus has said so far. Why has he brought up servants on a farm? Well, it was pretty common in in this agricultural culture for them to either live on farms or know servants who worked on farms. And if you did work on a farm, if you were a farm servant, there were certain things you would do. Now, these were paid servants. It's not the kind of slaves that you might think of in 21st century. These are paid servants who work on the farm and they have certain tasks to do for the people who own the farm. So Jesus says, which of you with a servant plowing or minding sheep? So he's sort of imagining that they are the masters, the apostles are the masters who own the farm. Which of you would say to your servant when he returned from the fields, come and have your meal immediately? Now, the whole point is they wouldn't do that. You wouldn't say to your servant when he got back, come and have your meal immediately. That's not how that society worked. Verse 8, Jesus says, Would he not be more likely to say, Get my supper laid, make yourself tidy and wait on me while I eat and drink. You can eat and drink yourself afterwards. Now, it sounds a bit harsh, but that's actually how it worked in that culture. It wasn't considered to be harsh treatment of the servant. It was just that 
they knew their place in society. When the servant came in from working, he would then put on his butler's gear, if you like, and then wait on the master, help prepare the master's food, wait till the master had finished eating before the servant himself got to eat. That was just the way things were done. Everyone's place in society and in the home, it was very clear in that culture. Jesus is just saying, isn't this the way things work? That's his point. Now, he uses, in verse 8, he uses this phrase, make yourself tidy. And what that basically means is gird yourself, make yourself ready. So, the image here would be of the servant putting on his uh, waiter's gear to help uh, serve the master. Verse 9, must he be grateful for what he was do- for doing what he was told? Or you can translate that as, does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? Now, this is a rhetorical question. The answer is no. The master does not have to thank the servant for doing what he was told, for doing what he was paid to do. That's not how the master, the servant-master relationship worked. The master gave the servant instructions. The servant did what he was told. That's just how it works. So we get now to verse 10 where Jesus makes his point. He says, so with you or so you also. So he's about to give the meaning he wants his disciples to take away. Now, at this point, Imagine he's speaking to the apostles. The apostles are probably thinking that in this kind of mini parable, they represent the master, right? But Jesus is going to turn it on his head here. When you have done all you have been told to do, or you can translate that as all that is commanded of you, the reference here is to God's commandments, particularly the ones which Jesus has given to the apostles during his ministry. All the way through, he's been telling his apostles, when you're the leaders of the church, you're going to need to do this and this. So notice he's treating them as the servants in the parable, right? When you have been, when you have done all you have been told to do, say, we are merely servants. We have done no more than our duty. That's Jesus' instructions here. He wants the apostles, when they've done all they've been commanded to do as apostles, they should simply say, we have done no more than we have been told to do. So interesting teaching here, isn't it? We are merely servants. We can translate that as we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. It's an interesting point, and it appears to be Jesus teaching his apostles that they should follow God's commands without complaint and without a sense of entitlement. Perhaps he can sort of sense that they're starting to get this sense of entitlement of thinking we're going to be the leaders of the church. Everyone's going to serve us. It's going to be great. And we know particularly from the Gospel of Matthew that they do start to think along these lines. So Jesus is telling them what true service is. They need to do what's commanded of them as leaders of the church and what Jesus expects of them as leaders without complaint and without a sense of entitlement. They should not expect praise or reward from God for fulfilling his basic commands. So they're commanded to do things like spread the message of the kingdom, shepherd God's people, serve God's people. Those are their commands. They shouldn't get a sense of entitlement. They shouldn't expect that God is going to be in their debt for doing these things. So Jesus is kind of putting the apostles back in their place here. He's telling them they need to be ready to serve others, not for others to serve them. You can look at it this way. The work of the apostles is very important, but it's not beyond the call of the Christian duty, and they should not expect uh, they they themselves, they can't fully repay God for the gifts that God has given to them. So in other words, he's teaching the apostles that you can't put God in your debt. So don't expect that to happen. The context here might shed a bit of light on this because remember the apostles have just asked Jesus to give them a special faith. They said, increase our faith. So maybe here, Jesus might be trying to teach the apostles patience and perseverance. Maybe he's saying to them, 
they need to do their duty as apostles before they can have this great faith that they're looking for. So possibly there's a connection between what has just come before this. Overall, Jesus is telling his apostles particularly, and maybe his disciples, all of his disciples by extension, he's giving them a sobering teaching that they should not become proud of their status as disciples or consider themselves to be special in the eyes of God for fulfilling his basic commands. Rather, their focus should be on serving other Christians in order to truly serve God in the way that he wants them to. So it appears that Jesus is doing kind of He's stopping them from getting a big ego for serving God. He doesn't want them to feel selfish or special because that they are may have certain roles of leadership in the church. That appears to be what's going on here. He's saying, look, in the end, really, your servants, God has given you commands through me, Jesus, and your the expectation is that you will follow those without getting a big head. Remember that you are servants. Now, we also need to balance this with other things Jesus says, because as you know, elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus does indicate that Christians who consistently work faithfully for God will be rewarded in the next life. In fact, he's just been saying that in Luke chapter 16. So in this case, I think we can say with a reasonable degree of confidence, he's speaking to his apostles particularly, maybe his other leading disciples by extension. He's warning them against getting proud in their role as God's leaders um, in the church. Hopefully you find that exegesis somewhat helpful. It's an interesting text. There's no catechism passages for us to look at today. Normally there would be, but the catechism of the Catholic Church doesn't have any direct references to this teaching in Luke 17. So we'll finish today's episode there and we'll continue to move through Luke in the coming days. Please keep this ministry in your prayers, share the podcast around and consider becoming a Patreon supporter. You can get access to bonus episodes Uh, So if you become a Patreon supporter, you'll be able to get a verse-by-verse exegesis of the entire four Gospels, which you won't get through the normal podcasts because we only cover the Gospel readings, which are read at each day's Mass, which adds up to about 70% of the total Gospels. If you want to hear 100% of the Gospels, then you need to become a Patreon supporter, and there's all sorts of other benefits available to you. And we really do need your support in order to help the ministry grow and to do more things. Thanks so much. We'll continue in the coming days.